Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to our special Grammy Awards preview episode of the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hi, Keith. Happy Grammy week. Happy Grammy week. Uh, it's a very <laughs> exciting week. Official Grammy song. <laughs> going to enter that for next year's Grammy Awards. <laughs> Let's see if I can get a nomination out of that. There's a lot of categories. You never know. True. I mean, they don't have polka anymore. Best jingle. Best jingle. They don't have that one yet. <laughs> um, well, we'll be talking about the Grammys and a whole lot more because the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we've got so much to talk about. (laughs) Um, The Grammy Awards are this Sunday. The Lady Gaga-enhanced Super Bowl was this past weekend. There's chart chart chat to discuss and so much more. Plus, 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 people... We've got an interview with three-time Grammy Award winner Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Amazing. The pop superstar called us up to talk about her current Grammy Award nomination for Best Pop Solo Performance for Piece by Piece, the American Idol version. And uh, she talked about some of her personal Grammy memories, including uh, the night that she won her first Grammy Award. Uh, She talked even a little bit about her upcoming uh, new studio album, which she says is literally the record she's been wanting to make since she was a kid. So uh, stick around for our chat with Kelly Clarkson later on in the show. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions, you can tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard podcasts. Uh, well, let's do some chart chat. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to cover this week. Chart chat. Some weeks we don't have a lot to talk about. And then some other weeks, weeks. Other weeks. It's sandwiched between the Super Bowl and the Grammys. Right. Um, so chart chat. Uh, let's talk about the Billboard 200 albums chart first. Migos debuts at number one with uh, their second album, Culture. Migos is a hip-hop trio, which you know, of course, because of Bad and Bougie, uh, their Hot 100 number one hit. Uh, Culture debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 with 131,000 units earned in the week ending February 2nd, according to Nielsen Music. Of that sum, 44,000 were generated by traditional album sales. The, the More than half of their units were generated by uh, streaming units, I believe, um, as is sort of expected considering they had a bunch of songs that are very popular on streaming services. Indeed. It's just the new way. This is how <laughs> things work now. Um, it's 
as I said, the first number one, I think, did I say this? It's the first number one for Migos. Yes. Uh, this is their second album. They've had a bunch of mixtapes as well, but um, those did not chart incredibly high on the Billboard 200, if at all. Um, and uh, there's lots of actually action in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 this week. Uh, Migos is one of five debuts inside the top 10. Um and it's just it's just that time of year we we suddenly had a week where a bunch of new albums came out. We went like a month where nothing came out. Dead then, zone and then boom. <laughs> See ya the weekend. Get out of number 1. Migos is in town. <laughs> um we're going to circle back to the Billboard 200 in just a second. First I want to talk about the Billboard Hot 100 because Ed Sheeran's Shape of You returns to number 1. Uh, it's cool that Migos still got a number one this week, even though they got kicked out of number one on yeah, the Hot 100. That's too bad. They could have had. They could have been number one on both charts. Oh uh, well, mm. what are you gonna do? Yeah, could be next week. Who knows? Nope. <laughs> or not. Actually, I already read the article that says that's not gonna happen. Pretty sure that won't be <laughs> happening. Um, well, Ed Sheeran's back to number one with "Shape of You" on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, it has gains in sales, airplay, and streams, uh, thanks in part to the continual build of the single on radio, which we kind of talked about. A month ago, when the song first came out, uh, we were talking about how it had a huge debut, and then it's naturally going to have a second-week decline, but then it'll, you know, get itself back together and stick a claim on radio and start moving back up the charts. This is a big hit for Ed Sheeran, to say the least. I mean, obviously, it's his first number one, and now his first number one for two weeks. Still weird to think that it was his first number one. I know. Yeah. But this song is everywhere. Like, I, I couldn't, I can't escape it. Yeah, and I, I'm happy to not escape it. It's great. Yeah. It's you're it's it's happily inescapable. Mm-hmm. Um, also helping it this week is that its music video came out on January 30th, and of course that helps with the song's streams as well. Uh, so Ed Sheeran is back at number one, and uh, this is its second week at number one following its debut atop the list four weeks ago. Uh, Bad and Bougie, the song that we talked about earlier from Migos, drops from number one to number two. While Zane and Taylor Swift's I Don't Want to Live Forever hits a new peak, climbing five to three on the chart uh, with gains across the board. Now, like Sheeran, Zane and Taylor also released the music video for their song on January 26th. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, they were they were both probably gunning for number one. Mm. And I'm sure Taylor and Ed, you know, since they're friends, they're probably like, it's cool. Congratulations. Yeah, I think I think it'll be friendly. And, you know, Zane and Taylor still have time to go to number one yeah. because the movie that this song is from, Fifty Shades Darker, comes out uh, for Valentine's Day weekend, this weekend, right? Yeah, and it feels like uh, the last soundtrack, the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack, that The weekend and Ellie Goulding both kind of took a little bit for with Earned It and Love Me Like I Do to just, you know, mm-hmm. gain steam as well, so... Both of those songs peaked at number three, I believe. On oh, 100, well, just maybe like that's just the magic number for the Fifty Shades soundtracks. It's the magic number. <laughs> um, well, as I said before, we were going to circle back to the Billboard 200, and now we are going to do that. Uh, we'll have another exciting week on next week's Billboard 200 chart because Big Sean's I Decided could debut at number one with perhaps around 120,000 units in its debut week, according to industry prognosticators. Um, also on deck for big debuts, Reba McIntyre's first spiritual album, or some would, would call it a Christian album, uh, Sing It Now, which could debut in the top 10, and the Dear Evan Hansen Broadway cast recording, which could start in the top 15, maybe even top 10 if it does really well this week, uh, which would be a huge deal because 
uh, when the Hamilton cast album debuted at number 12, that was the highest debut for a cast recording since 1961. Broadway's so, back. And both these albums, Hamilton and Evan Hansen, are both on Atlantic Records. They also share a music supervisor. Right. The name of which falls out of my head. Lacamoire? Alex That's Lacamoire? That's correct. Nice work. It's Lacamoire. Yes, yeah. we have a, a fantastic Q&A with him on Billboard.com. That actually launched our Broadway vertical on oh, Billboard.com last so Friday. I'm so excited. Yeah, so uh, expect more Broadway coverage, and obviously it's the time to do it now that it seems like there's a total, you know, wave coming of, of Broadway hits. Yeah, we're ramping up to the Tony Awards, which will be, I think, this, what, June or mm-hmm. something like yeah. that? Very exciting. That's Broadway! Cool. I, that's news. I didn't know Friday. about Friday. Just, just happened Friday. Neato. Yeah. Um, well, also um, heading for some big chart action next week on the Billboard 200 is um sorry i was like i got distracted by something happening behind me we're in a conference room i don't know what's going on um big action on the billboard 200 next week from lady gaga as her former number one album joanne is set to surge into the top five and possibly to number two in the wake of her super bowl halftime performance on february 5th speaking of gaga and the super bowl this is a segue because that's why I circle back to the Billboard 200 now because <laughs> I wanted to segue into this into the Super Bowl. Um, we're recording this on Monday, so the Super Bowl is fresh in our minds, and we didn't really. Katie and I have not talked about it at length yet. We saved it for the podcast, saving it for the show. Um, well, what did you think? What do we think? I thought it was fantastic. Me too. And I watched it in a room full of people with various music tastes and or you know, love or tolerance for Lady Gaga. And it was really well received in a crowd of, you know, not like little monsters, you know, Uh, from the beginning. I mean, there was just like a lot of nice wow factor moments and they were timed at the right. I felt like they like were spaced out well. So like the start with the, like her being on the roof and, the drone stars and right, which I did not realize were drones. It was all Intel sponsored drones. I thought it was like a CGI pre-recorded special effects. Yeah, it was all coordinated, choreographed drones. I also thought when they were doing that, I'm like, this is going to turn to the Pepsi logo. Please don't turn. To the I Pepsi said the logo. exact same thing, which I think they were vaguely trying to remind you of the Pepsi logo because with the, the blue red and, and red. Blue colors, yeah. But then it turned into the American flag instead. Like, oh, good, good save, good save, <laughs> kids, good save. Um, and then and then leaping into. I mean, we've we've now learned that you know it, she didn't exactly like it was, leap it was a into leap. the stadium, but it's yeah. still the effect was amazing. Yeah, she you st- know? she still. You know, she just descended. Still descended from the roof. Yes. That still happened. Yes. So, I mean, come on. What do you want? <laughs> what people, do you want, people? We're going to falter for that one tiny little thing. Come on. <laughs> um, it was a performance. I, I think it was like six, six of her hits. Well, six songs plus a uh, little taste of other things. Yes. Like there was like a snippet of Edge of Glory. Yep. Just one line of Edge of Glory. Uh, 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 Want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. That was perfect. Because the Super Bowl was in Pause. Houston, Texas this year. Applause for applause. Yep. The applause, applause, <laughs> applause. She didn't sing that. She did not sing that. <laughs> um, but she sang the big hits. She sang yeah. Poker Face, Just Dance, Bad Romance, Telephone. A uh, Million Reasons, which is from the Joanne album, and I'm missing a song. Oh, Born This Way. Yep. And then before that, she started off with a little medley of... This uh, Land is Your Land. As well as... God Bless America. God Bless America. And um, uh, there were no surprise guests. I was, so to that point, she she you mentioned uh, Telephone. She, oh, my God. I'm watching it. I'm at <laughs> home watching it. 
telephone starts. I'm like, <gasps> and I get up and I was like standing up. I'm like, Beyonce, are you going to be there? I announced to my crowd. I'm like, there's no way. No way. She does telephone without Beyonce. Like, why are you singing telephone? Oh, you thought she was actually going to yes. show up. Yes. And I, I mean, listen, I love telephone, but I, there are a few other songs that I think are at the level of telephone that she could have pulled out. That it was almost like she was kind of like poking people and like really reminding you that she came out and did it by herself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's, I think it was a statement. Well, Telephone was a big hit. It was. It wasn't like it was some obscure track. No, 100%. Yes. This is true. Yeah. And I love that song too. So I can't really complain. Um, Can I yeah. tell you my favorite moment? Sure. Um, My favorite moment was she's got the guitar and she <laughs> has a, a dancer as a human mic stand. That was my favorite moment. Oh, he kept like spinning around he, her yeah, and holding he the mic. Yeah, he was holding the mic in front of her face, but then he would do like a move around her and come to her other side and hold the mic in her face. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I really loved it. I think it worked on a couple levels. I think it worked on just sort of a sheer entertainment spectacle of entertaining a hundred zillion people. Because mm-hmm. you have to, when you're doing this show, you have to really entertain everybody. So you you pl- you play the biggest hits possible. Yep. Because you just have to. You the ha- ones that the broadest audience will know. Absolutely. Yeah. And luckily, she has a whole bevy of hits that general public knows. People forget, I feel like, because she had there was a lull in her career. I mean, Art Pop was not a massive hit. She didn't play applause. She didn't play a single she, song she from Art Pop. She didn't play a Art single Pop. song from Art Pop. And, um, and then she had this, uh, you know, actually I spoke with, um, when I was in Houston this weekend, we'll get to that <laughs> we'll get to a that little, in a second. but I spoke to um, two Pepsi executives, the uh, uh, head of sports marketing and head of music for Pepsi. Oh. And um, they made the point that her evolution was almost in reverse. Like that after Art Pop, she decided to like take away all the the glitz and the glamour and the and the trimmings and everything and instead like be like hey by the way i can also sing and like play the piano like you guys think i'm this crazy like alien pop star but in actuality like i'm just like a really like i'm a musician right and the tony bennett the the sound of music tribute to the oscars like she was talking about how how she how she reinvented herself by like doing the most normal stuff you know and now it was like this super bowl like reminded you of crazy spectacle gaga all over again which we haven't seen in a long time it was crazy spectacle but also a crazy spectacle that was not so crazy she mm-hmm. wasn't throwing up on stage and like performance art no you know she wasn't like dressing know, up like a dude there wasn't a meat dress she, there wasn't a she wasn't crawling around on top of the president's desk with r kelly wasn't emerging you know. from an egg yeah, right right <laughs> she wasn't like naked you know she she it was it was it was like a Vegas spectacle yeah. crossed with Gaga's biggest hits. And she sang, if I'm not mistaken, she everything sang live. live. Everything live. was live. I mean, which is not you, always normal. No, especially, halftime. especially not in a football stadium. It's like a you really terrible place to sing live, but she so clearly did the entire show live yeah. and million reasons. She was just catching her breath because she had just danced for 10 straight minutes yeah. before sitting down at this piano and, even like you know gasped through a few words you know but like it was because she had put every last ounce of everything into it and uh yeah you didn't have some breath left you know um well i'll say one last thing before we move yes. on um our uh, our former pop shopper jason lipschitz uh, tweeted something where he was just a little disappointed that it that her performance did not make more of a political statement against uh president trump because he thought this could be an opportunity for that 
And I tweeted to him in a tweet that evidently caught some people's attention. I uh, got lots and lots of retweets and favorites. I did not see this. This is news to me. I said to him, I said, a performance that includes This Land is Your Land and God Bless America along with Born This Way makes a pretty strong statement. Yep. When you sing, you know, This Land is Your Land, This Land is My Land, and then you then sing a song that says no matter gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgender, live, um, no, no matter black, white, or beige, chola, or orient made. And when she said orient made, it made me think, that's not too far away from Middle East. Nope. Or travel ban countries. And nope. I'm like, it, she, those, that just, it just happens to be a huge, popular, number one hit song that she performed, and that stays in the wheelhouse of what Gaga's always done. She wasn't, you know. They didn't put Mike Pence up on the Jumbotron no. when she said it. <laughs> and it just it's it and and you know it 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 I think it was the right kind of message and you can take what you want from it. Joe Lynch wrote an article to that point where he said that her not making a big statement but including those words those lyrics from she Born This Way. Cut it out. Yeah, absolutely. She went into that that extended verse to really make sure she said those words. That that itself is like a step toward making all of those words normal. Yes, Super Bowl normal no mainstream. One, no one. No, there was no headline saying, oh, my God, she said the word transgender Exactly, at but you know what? Ten years ago, 100%. Oh yeah, 100%. So, so kudos to Gaga. Yes. Um, well, Katie was in Houston for the Super Bowl weekend, but not for the big game <laughs> itself. Yes. Uh, you were there to see a concert on I was Saturday there night. for Taylor Bowl, which Taylor was Bowl. Saturday night <laughs> in Houston. You flew in Saturday, flew out Sunday? Yes, I did. Um, totally worth it. <laughs> Hashtag worth it. Um, it was a, a spectacle of a concert, again with the spectacles, but obviously Super Bowl does it big. Uh, she headlined an AT&T DirecTV party on Saturday night. And I wasn't sure, as I said on this podcast last week, it's a party. Is it going to be, you know, four or five songs? Is it going to be 10 songs? It was 17 songs. It was a full concert. It was an hour and a half long. Oh, my gosh. It was uh, high production. (laughs) Yeah, please go to Billboard.com. I did a full exhaustive recap. I actually probably went a little hardcore. Um, But, you know, one of the things, once again, I was speaking to a lot of executives this weekend. When I spoke to um, a DirecTV executive before the show, he was saying that, you know, because they built this uh, this club out of thin air, as I was also saying last week, they built this 62,000-square-foot club in a parking lot. Uh, because of that, Taylor's team completely customized the stage. They came to DirecTV and AT&T and said, build us this. Uh, we want a, a round platform out in the middle of fans. We want Taylor surrounded by fans. We want a like a long stage in the back that has a video screen that's as wide as the stage and we want to like do all new graphics and videos we want to do all new everything it was like i got like the one and only show on taylor swift's you know 2017 tour basically like it was all new stuff like from the 1989 tour it was like different from all of that as well so, so much money so, so much money, much money. Um, Do they record this for posterity? For yes, there's a there's a there's a Taylor Swift channel on Directv now. So it's dedicated on Direct. You can watch on Directv. Portions of it are going to be released. Uh, like there's nothing out there yet. Um, they're going to like edit little packages of you know her songs right. and put them out uh, periodically over the next few months. Wow. Yeah. So um, I was lucky to be in the room and uh, she debuted two songs. She did Better Man for the first time, which. 
uh, is Little Big Town's number one hot country songs hit. That she wrote. That she wrote. And, you know, it was cool that, you know, it was the live debut for her singing it. But also, like, we've never heard her sing it before. Right. We've only heard Little Big Town do it. Um, it little, was Little Big Town was there, what you said, right? Oh, no. No Little Big Town. The, she had her own back backup singers oh. who all, it was really beautiful, actually. They were, you know, in the back for most of the show. And they came out to that center platform and stood around her and basically created this harmonizing vocal group oh, just like Little Big Town. When I saw your picture, I was like, is that Little Big Town? Oh, no, no, no. Come her four, four female vocalists, uh, background singers, came forward. And, man, it was gorgeous. And then she did uh, I Don't Want to Live Forever, her now number three. Hot 100 hit, which that would be the first live performance ever. First live song. performance of that sh- that song ever. Um, no Zane, though. She yeah, and and actually did, did a little preview of it last week online, so people got a taste. She did a stripped down acoustic version. She also did uh, "This Is What You Came For," Calvin Harris and Rihanna's song that Taylor Swift co-wrote with Calvin. Uh, yeah, so it was just like all these songs that like most people have not seen her perform yet. Wow, and she just pulled them all out one after another. Um, so, yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, you had, you had a packed weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, Taylor Swift is, of course, a, a multi-Grammy award winner, and she's, in fact, won the album of the year, the coveted album of the year award twice. Twice. For both 1989 and... Red. Fe- oh, wait, was it Fearless? Fearless. Oh, Fearless, yes. sorry. Sorry, oh, she lost it for Red. I remember she Against was Against random access memories, yep. because they both started with R, and we were like, oh, no, we didn't Ah, uh, never mind. Sorry, um, Taylor, I think I just opened that wound up again. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the 59th annual Grammy Awards will take place this Sunday, February 12th. The show will be live across the U.S. on CBS starting at 5 p.m. 5 p.m.? Oh, is that when the... Are you talking about... When does it go... It goes live at 5? Oh, 5, p, <laughs> 5 p.m. Uh, oh, you're speaking in West Coast time. West Coast time. You have to help the people out eight, with that Eastern 8 time. on the East Coast. I just I'm went sorry. and was like, are they doing a three-hour red carpet show? Like, that was where my mind sorry. went. And I live here. Sorry. Um, yeah, um, at the Grammys, Beyonce leads all nominees this year with nine nominations. Are you sure it's nine? Is it um, nine? Pretty sure it's nine. You're welcome to question me, though. We, we have an open dialogue going this. here. <laughs> Followed by Drake, Rihanna, and Kanye West, who each have eight. Um, the performers so far that have been announced for the show include Adele, Katy Perry, Bruno Mars, Chance the Rapper, Little Big Town, Sturgill Simpson, John Legend, Metallica, Carrie Underwood, Keith Urban, and more. So and, many more. So many more. And Billboard.com will be live streaming our own pre-show starting around 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Sunday. 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You said 3 p.m. Pacific in the script. <laughs> Well, it's definitely six. No, I mean no, I mean three p.m. Yes, three p.m. Pacific, six p.m. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> it's hilarious though. It's three. So tune in to Billboard.com at three p.m. Pacific. The people don't think in Pacifics. This is the problem. Most people that are listening to us right now think in Eastern time or six p.m. Eastern on Sunday. <laughs> tune in to Billboard.com at six p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Yes, six slash three. <laughs> We'll really figure this out. Don't mind me. But we'll be bringing you guest interviews uh, at the festivities, as well as on the red carpet itself, where Keith will be located. Indeed. And I'll be backstage in the press room chatting up the winners and the presenters, the performers, as they make their way off the stage. Um, Well, while we can't detail all 84 categories. (laughs) No? uh, (laughs) 
this is we're already kind of long this week punch uh, drunk um you are um <laughs> while we can't detail all 84 categories and their nominees this year we can go over the big four categories so let's review the nominees for album of the year record of the year song of the year and best new artist all right we'll start with the big guy album of the year where adele's 25 goes up against beyonce's lemonade justin bieber's purpose drake's views and the dark horse sturgill simpson's a sailor's guide to earth quickly who do we think will win and should win I told you this already. I kind of feel like Sturgill Simpson might pull this one out. It wouldn't be unprecedented in Grammy history. I'm thinking Beck. Beck. Arcade Fire. Exactly. Uh-huh. And I also, uh, I was reading an article that talked about, you know, Sturgill's very country-leaning. So you got that whole country voting block that in that list of five, they're looking for something to vote for. Like, I feel like they'll put their weight behind Sturgill. Who do you think should win, though? Oh, I'm uh, Adele, actually. I really love Beyonce's Lemonade, um, but we were also talking about this. Do you take into account the visual aspect of Lemonade or not? I think some people probably will anyways. Yeah, I think voters... recognize it for that. Yeah. Because when you purchase the album, it came with the visual. It's a it's a package deal, it's for package sure. Deal. Um, I think if I were taking visuals into account, maybe Lemonade would have the, the leg up, but I, I kind of think 25 for me should win. Um, I... I, I Partially because Beyonce's never won Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be her year to win. Yeah. So I feel like she should win. Yeah. And Adele has already won Album of the Year for yes. 21. Um, though I do feel like Sturgill Simpson might end up winning. I, You heard it here first if it happens. There's going to be like... We warned you. Bloodbath at the Grammys <laughs> that night. Um, oh, the beehive is going to come after Sturgill so hard. The Believers, happens. the beehive, whatever Drake's <laughs> fans are called. Yeah. The Adele's, I don't know. Uh, um, well, Record of the Year. Yes. Uh, Record of the Year is a category that recognizes uh, the production of a single recording, uh, and the artist. Uh, the award goes to the artist as well as the producer. Uh, the nominees are Adele's Hello, Beyonce's Formation, Lucas Graham's Seven Years, Rihanna featuring Drake with Work, and 21 Pilots' Stressed Out. Who do we think will win and should win? Oof. Um... I kind of feel like this is straight up Beyonce versus Adele. Yeah, I, th- I feel like Hello actually will win. I think so, too. I feel like that's a that's a safe bet. It was an enormous single. Yes. Yes, she's won this category before for Rolling in the Deep, but... And to your point of it maybe being Beyonce's album of the year year, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone would go home happy if Adele wins for Hello and Beyonce won for Lemonade. Yeah. You know? I, and I feel like it's 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 fine to recognize Beyonce for formation here, but it's really part of a larger piece. Yeah. And that is the piece of Lemonade. So it's like you should really honor her for album of the year. It would be weird if like, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think 21 Pilots is just probably happy to be in this category. Sure. Um, and and Lucas but Graham. sort of like the country aspect of Sturgill, there is the rock block that could yes. move behind Twenty One Pilots. I still feel like Adele is just so enormous that she'll yeah. win this because she can be embraced by just all sorts of persuasions in this category. I love Rihanna, but Work should not be nominated in this category. I think it's. I think that's weird. <laughs> Also, oh man, I've, the Navy. Okay, how uh-huh. about Song of the Year? Yeah, Let's yeah. move how about, on. How about Song of the Year, Katie? <laughs> this is the award that honors uh, songwriting. Yes. Um, so we have, once again, Formation, and once again, Hello. And then we have I Took a Pill in Ibiza, 
by Mike Posner, mm-hmm. also written by Mike Posner. Uh, Love Yourself, which is a Justin Bieber track, which was co-written by Ed Sheeran, we should mention as well. Uh, Seven Years is uh, Lucas Graham. And those are our nominees. So, Keith, what are you thinking? Um, well, this category is weird yep. because it can it can often go to like a real left field thing. Um, but when you have like a enormous person, like a huge superstar in it, sometimes it just goes to them. So I think Hello could actually just win this. Though, that said, there's Lucas Graham seven years might win randomly. I actually think Love Yourself has a good shot too. I'm thinking because of the Ed Sheeran. Yes, uh, he's done well. I believe Thinking Out Loud won this category. Yes, and uh, so I feel like he's definitely respected as a songwriter and. It could help Justin Bieber, who has not been a Grammy favorite in the past uh, at that, all, but actually. That means then the Recording Academy is honoring Justin Bieber. But that wouldn't be out of the ordinary, considering that Justin Bieber is nominated for Album of the Year. Absolutely. Obviously, they liked the album or wouldn't be up there. But um, I, I think that the Ed Sheeran aspect could could serve that song well. Um, So I think Hello will probably win. And I think that it probably should win. Um, Though... I'd be happy with most any of the most any of the nominees in here. Most. <laughs> We're not going to say who we would be unhappy with. We're not going to be unhappy with anyone. We're happy no. about all these people for Pete's sakes. Uh. Um, and then the final category of the big four that we're going to cover is best new artist uh this category is a weird category in that it, it the nominees are those folks who have made kind of their breakthrough impression in the eligibility period. So it could be an artist who's been around for a little bit and has finally kind of broken through, finally. Um, the nominees are Kelsey Ballerini, The Chainsmokers, Chance the Rapper, Marin Morris, and Anderson Pock. So, will, who will win versus who should win? I think I think Marin and Kelsey kind of weirdly cancel each other out because they're both from country. They're both country female singers, though they're very different kinds of Following country Following that train singers. of thought, I'm worried that the... Anderson and Chance cancel each other out and we're left with the Chainsmokers winning. That could happen. I'm making a I don't terrified know. face right now. Listen, Chainsmokers make, make great pop songs. They make great radio songs. Uh, but if I'm choosing this category, I'm choosing Chance the Rapper or Anderson Pock. Those are... I super deserving, and I actually love Marin Morris as well. But Chance the Rapper, I'd be especially delighted to see win, just because he has had the most interesting trajectory as an artist, done it so independently On his own, for Pete's sakes, and he is such a delight. Have you ever seen Chance the Rapper angry, upset <laughs> in any way? That man is just a like a beam of sunshine. I think it would be a way to honor him for his unconventional way of. of- Saying, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to handle this industry and my artistry the way that I want to. I'm not going to sign to a label. I'm going to do it however I want to. And Although, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put out an album that is completely streaming only and debut in the top 10. That was the first time that ever happened. Does that also, like, work against him, maybe? Because he's being voted on by industry insiders that maybe wish that he played the game? Could be. You know? It's like, what label is voting for you? Exactly. You're not on a label. Exactly. Or so, what label's hyping you? So do you have the hip-hop community back you Yeah, from all the major labels? Because they're like, you know, we're going to vote you know, for you. Or you know, it's like that's... But I think he has a lot of goodwill, too. Just yeah. like I said, because of him just being so positive. Well, there are the four big categories. They will be presented, most likely all... I'm sure all four of these will be actually presented on the air during 
the 59th annual Grammy Awards, which will be this Sunday, live at the times that Kelly said earlier. Kelly. Katie said earlier. <laughs> oh, already, but speaking of Kelly. I'm already thinking of uh, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> um, well, it's time for our guest interview with Kelly Clarkson. Thank you. Oh, my goodness, so much, Kelly, for doing this. Um, Kelly Clarkson is a three-time Grammy Award winner. She's actually had 13 nominations, three of which she's won. She's topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart three times, notched seven top ten albums on the Billboard 200, and three of those hit number one. She has sold 14 million albums in the U.S., 35 million song downloads, and she is just an all-around pop superstar. We are so stoked that she was able to join us for our special Grammy Awards preview show. Yes, and in our chat, we talk about her feelings about her nomination this year, which is for the American Idol version of Piece by Piece, which hopefully you all remember that amazing emotional performance. Um, Her memories of winning her first Grammy Award and also watching the show as a kid. We also asked Kelly about her new song with Aloe Black, Love Goes On, from the soundtrack to The Shack, as well as her upcoming new studio album, her first for Atlantic Records, where she, uh, which she is currently at work on and says that it's the album she's wanted to make since she was a kid. She says it's by far her favorite album that she's been a part of. So here is our chat with Miss Kelly Clarkson. But piece by piece he collected me up off the ground where you abandoned things. Piece Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Kelly Clarkson, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm actually great. How y'all doing? We are fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Are you home like in Nashville right now? Where are you at? I am. I'm in Nashville, and um, well, so far this morning, I've been working on my new record. So yeah, I'm just I'm at home working, which is awesome. <laughs> Amazing. And you know, you're our very special guest on this Grammy preview edition of the podcast, which is very fitting since you are a three-time winner and a current nominee. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. <laughs> I'm in a category with I'm in a category with some cool people too. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, well, this year you are nominated for best pop solo performance for the idol version of piece by piece uh, you know what did it mean for you to be recognized for this song and, and this particular arrangement of the song um well i think i mean i love the original that i did with greg um we wrote that together but i i think it was it's pretty special that it's this specific version um purely because it's just an intimate lyric you know and, and how we did it was um very intimate with just me and a piano so um I don't know. I, I also just, it's just such a bookend for me, like nice bookends. Like it was where I got my start and it's where I, you know, the show finished and, um, and, and, you know, my kids were, well, one of them was still in me and my other kid was running around the halls that I used to warm up in, you know, when I was 19, um, on the show and my husband's there and it was just kind of one of those mo- cool moments when you're like, man, if my like 19 year old self could see like where I'm at today, like how proud, you know, I would be. Um, and, and I, you know, how amazed because I, who would have thought that all this would have happened. So, you know, it kind of, this particular version wraps up all of that nostalgia, um, you know, in, in one song. So, um, and it's, I don't know, I, I feel very blessed, um, that it was even on, I didn't even know, like somebody told me I was nominated and I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't even know I was like able to be nominated. So that was really cool always nice to be in the same category as like Adele and Beyonce so (laughs) there's a really funny video that people need to watch online of when you found out that you were nominated for this award you were on a radio station doing an interview and you were like what I got huh it was a really cool way to find out I thought 
Well, first I thought, like, for like a split second, I was like, oh, it's going to be so embarrassing because they think I'm like, they they think it's me, but it's like not. Because I was like, for a minute, I was like, I don't have an album that should be nominated. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, so, yeah, it was a little um, scary at first. And then I was like, oh, the live version, that's what they're doing. So, and it's so funny, like, how that took off. Like, it just went viral, that version. And, um, it's so funny. The things you think that are going to be so big aren't. And the things that you think are just like a, oh, this is a cool moment for me and like my own world. Those <laughs> are the things that end up being gigantic. So that's, you know, that's life, right? <laughs> and you mentioned bookends and it's kind of, uh, appropriate to go back now to when you won your very first Grammy. Um, you actually won two Grammys in the same night back in 2006. What was that night like for you? Well, um, not many people know this, not to be Debbie Downer, but um, I was told that morning that I had cancerous results for something. And so, and, and here's the horrible part. I go the whole day and I'm like, I completely cried. Like they had to redo my makeup like four times because I was like, wow, I'm so young. And and I was just completely freaking out. And and then when I won, I thought, oh, my God, this is, like, God's thing. Like, he's, like, giving me, like, one cool thing, you know, before, like, something horrible happens. And then I won again. And, I mean, my best friend was there with me, and I was literally just – nobody knew because, like, obviously I didn't want to talk about it. And um, and then this is the worst part. Then I went to the doctor the next day because I couldn't go in that day, obviously, because I was singing on the Grammys and doing a bunch of stuff that day. And so I went the next day, and they apologized for mixing up results and I was like are you for real like I was like you completely like ruined my entire like you know like first time for an artist like as a kid watching the Grammys like yeah it was like a big dream you know and so it was kind of the worst greatest day but um and then the next day I mean it's also the worst greatest day so I was like I wanted to like punch someone because <laughs> I was like who mixes up results and then like why wouldn't you get me you know why wouldn't we test again um and yeah I was just I was it was a it was a very it was very much a, a roller coaster ride that day for me but um so it was kind of unfortunate but I it, you know a lot of the moments got stolen um from that mishap but hey I didn't have cancer so <laughs> So that's a good thing. <laughs> I know. I don't really tell that story because it's kind of a Debbie Downer, but that's the real story. So. It, it, no, uh, Katie and I are just like, uh, where do we go from there? Okay, cool. Uh. No appropriate segue. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just, a, it was like, I know that's what I'm saying. You'd think it would have been like the greatest night ever for artists, but it was just like, and then it was like this joke because my friend was like, I keep winning. I think this is like. You know, you think, like, how did I beat Bonnie Raitt in a Beatle? I was like, I'm totally going to die. Like, I was like, I was like, this is like my last, like, hurrah or something. Like, I was so dramatic about it because I was 20-something and scared. But, um, but yeah, no, it was it was so weird. The night was very, I don't even remember anything but being terrified. Wow. I just so vividly remember watching the YouTube videos. Well, not, I mean, I watched it live, obviously, at the time. But you can watch the videos now of you like being very emotional and crying and just blubbering on stage. I'm like, oh my God, there was so much more going on inside you at that point than just the Grammy win. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well. That really um, sad ballad. I was like, oh geez. And that was, a, that was a sad thing too. Is I wrote that song at like 15 years old. So like, and I fought for it. Like nobody from my label liked that song. I had to fight for it um, to get it on breakaway. I tried to get it on my first record. Thankful. 
And, you know, there's, there's a lot that went into it. It ended up being like a number one worldwide song. It was something I really fought for and believed in. And, and um, you know, it was just such a cool thing for me to be able to perform it. So it was just such a such a crap thing that happened because, <laughs> like, all of that moment kind of got taken away. But, but you know, wow. at the end of the day, um, it's amazing that, you know, you even get to perform in something I did when I was 16. Who would have thought, you know? So it was, it was, it's cool. Well, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, in that, in that story, you mentioned how, you know, when you were little, you used to watch the Grammy Awards. Do you have any memories of, of being a, a kid and watching the Grammys and thinking about someday being on that stage? Oh my gosh. Yes. Especially like being a female vocalist. Like I, I, you know, adore, you know, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Mariah, like all these big vocalists that would, you know, come on the Grammys and perform and, and it was, you know, I made everyone, and we had one TV in our house, and I made everyone shut up <laughs> when they were when they were singing. So, um, and then I'd go back. My mom was the biggest joke. I'd like watch the performance, and then I'd run to my room and I'd sing the same song in my room, like I was like performing <laughs> for. I was a very goofy child. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I loved I loved watching, and I loved I don't know, just it was so inspiring to like, especially a kid. Um, you know, and all the smoke and mirrors are kind of still there, you know, it was so inspiring to watch and, and just see what you could possibly achieve one day. And are you planning to go to this year's show? I can't actually. Um, I am, which is funny because I'm going to be out there right before it. Um, but I, I, we're, I'm like knee deep in my record and, um, and I'm not, I'm going to be on a different coast. So, <laughs> So I didn't. I didn't know. In my defense, I didn't know I was going to be nominated. <laughs> I didn't know there was a chance. So um, yeah, we we scheduled other things um, pr- previous to finding that out. So, but I will be there in spirit, and I will definitely be watching and probably all over my social media talking about it the entire show. So, it, do you, have you have you picked an emissary to be your representative if you do win the award that night? Oh, I don't. But I mean, partly that's just because. I'm against Adele and Beyonce, <laughs> so, I <don't, laughs> so I don't foresee me winning, <laughs> but um, no, I don't, and honestly, I don't even think the one that we're all not, that specific category is, I think we've been told that that's not going to be televised, so um, I, you know, I think it'll be like in the pre thing they do, like backstage, so it's not like it'll be weird, like I'm not like there, um, but um, but no, I'm, but I'm, I'm, gonna be freaking so upset if I'm, <laughs> I'm not there but but um but it's you know it'll be cool I love my whole thing is I love just I always look at the category and like okay who else is nominated and like you know um I think uh other than Beyonce and Dell, I think it's uh Bieber and Ariana and um I mean those are all like fantastic um performers and artists so I think that's my that's my favorite part like I think you win when all of a sudden you're like put in the same category as people you think are super talented, you know, um, and um, and also like you know, like you said, I've I've won a few Grammys, so I've I've you know I feel like fulfilled in that sense of of you know I've been recognized by my peers and like to get that at any point in your career is pretty spectacular. So um, you know if I if I win or if I don't win, um, I kind of still feel like I win. I know that sounds like a hallmark answer, but it's true. So. Um, but yeah. No, that, that no, it's good. That's all right. Um, uh, last question. Uh, the Grammys are kicking off a big year for you. You have a new song coming out with Aloe Black. Love goes on. Yeah. Yeah. You signed. You and, heard it? Um. Well, no, I haven't actually heard it yet. No. <laughs> oh God, so good. It's so good. It's um. He wrote it, and um, they asked a bunch of us um singer and songwriters to come in and watch preview the movie. And I read the book years ago, 
But good Lord, that movie was so sad. Like my cowboy for a husband was crying. So <laughs> it's like, you know, it was really intense. Um, but he wrote the most beautifully sad song. Um, I'm trying to remember who he wrote it with. I wrote it with somebody and I'm blanking right now. But um, anyway, I was asked to, to sing on it with him and I was like so stoked because I love his voice, first of all. And also, it's just a, it's a beautifully written song. And, you know, you just signed a new deal with Atlantic, and you mentioned that you're working on the new album currently. Are you just really excited about what's to come in 2017? Totally. Um, it's it's so good. Like, that's why I'm, like, knee-deep in it, and that's why I didn't want to change my schedule because we're really trying to get it all together to where we can, you know, plan properly for a record release. But um, And uh, we're still in the final stages of recording. So um, it's literally the record... I've been wanting to make since I was a kid and it's, you know, it's, it, it encompasses all the things that I love, be it, you know, soulful, like R&B or urban or pop. Um, it's kind of all of those, um, like a fusion of that. So, and it doesn't sound like anyone, which is my favorite part. Cause it's always upsetting as an artist. Cause people send you songs that sound like other artists that are popular at the time. And it's like, well, I don't want to sing what is already out there. You know, I want to sing something different. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of a, contemporary like a fresh take on like 90s r&b urban pop so um it's it's pretty cool it's it's by far my favorite album i've ever been a part of um definitely wow well um you know good luck at the grammys even though you're not going to be there you know we'll be there so we can always go up and accept the award for you if you <laughs> want us to just let us know i don't have anyone keith, keith and katie y'all can go get it for me keith and, <laughs> keith and katie can cover for kelly it'll be good and we we can't wait to hear the new album and uh we are just so excited uh that we got to have the chance to talk to you today so thank you so much kelly for doing this okay oh yeah of course and i'm so sorry about my debbie downer story it was like I, you just asked me the question so i had to be honest no thank you for thanks for telling us that story <laughs> i'm sorry it's like so sad but uh thank y'all it's for right. having me y'all have fun at the grammys for me have a drink <laughs> all right take care bye bye okay bye Thank you again to the fabulous and wonderful and just warm and delightful Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, what like what a treat. We both are fans and she could not have like, you know, surpassed our expectations and just how great she was. We uh I'm 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 super stoked because we have continued our our uh, uh strength in our annual Grammy Awards preview shows. So 2 years ago you had uh Niall Rogers co-hosted the show. Yes, that's and all. Annie Lennox was our guest. I mean, and they then were both our guests. last year, we both went to chat with Josh Groban, yep. who, uh, you know, also he called that he was going to lose to Tony Bennett last year. And he did. He did. <laughs> He's nominated again this year in the yes. same cap. Same cap. Wait, uh, is Tony Bennett there this year? Uh, <laughs> Hopefully no. not. <laughs> He's nominated against, I think, Andrea Pacelli, Barbara okay. Streisand. Oh, Chinema. Yeah, Chinema. Uh-huh. Uh, Barbara Streisand and some other things. So some heavy hitters. Some heavy hitters. Yeah. But, um, but we're so happy and that we were able to bring you a third uh, very, very special show with a very, very special, awesome guest. We'll start working on booking next year now. Good board. Um, <laughs> all right. So this has been a, a slightly longer show than normal. We thank you guys for sticking around for the whole thing or just maybe skipping towards the end. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> skipping to Kelly. Just skipping to <laughs> Kelly. Um, uh, very excited about this uh, Sunday. Yes. I'll be on the carpet for 18 hours. 
That's You'll all. be backstage yeah. for about 20? Uh-huh. Yep. Um, do we have any parting words for the people? <laughs> oh, man. Just, you know, please tune in to all of Billboard's illustrious coverage this weekend. Make yes. our work worthwhile, please. <laughs> please, please. Please tune in and please. watch us. Um, and I guess that's it. What songs should we go out on? Oh, man. Uh, so many options. Uh, indeed. Because uh... we've been all over the map in this show. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, now we're just stumped here. Um, well, why don't we go out on, uh, let's say, why don't we go out on the song that uh, Adele won a ton of Grammys for, uh, Rolling in the Deep? I love that. Great. See you guys next week. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. 18- plus.